Real. Number one, I'm out here looking like one on one. Everyone else is a runner up, and I still feel like I ain't done enough. Talk to myself like it's your time. Walk in the building, it's your time. Gotta give thanks to the most high. I am the one that she's cosign. What up, world? Thank you for tuning in to the Cosign Conversations podcast. I am your host, KG Graham. Episode one is finally here. I've been talking about doing a podcast for at least two or three years now. Um, actually attempted a couple couple years ago. It didn't work out, so here I am again with the Cosign Conversations podcast. And episode one is brought to you by the Dallas Census 2020. Make sure you follow Dallas Counts 2020 on Instagram and visit my2020census.gov if you haven't filled that out already. So for episode one, I have a very, very special guest. I know a lot of people say that, but we have Dallas royalty today. So without further ado, welcome to the Cosign Conversations podcast, Lady Jade. Hey, KG. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Thank you for hey. having me. No, of course, of course. You know, you're you're a legend out here in these Dallas streets. So definitely want to get you in and kind of share your story, tell people how you got started um, and just kind of share your advice on media and all that. Oh, OK. Um, yeah. Well, where I guess where do I begin from from the beginning of my career? I guess we, we, yeah. we're going all the way back there. Yeah, let's go back. Let's take it all the way back. <laughs> Okay, well, we won't use years because I'm not going to age myself, but um, <laughs> gotcha. um, the crazy thing about this whole media radio situation is that I, I, I never in a million years would have thought that I would have been in radio. Um, I either, my mom was a, a school teacher for like over 30 years in Dallas, so I either thought I was going to be a, a teacher or I wanted to do like television. Um okay. When I, when I was a child from like age two to like 12, I used to like model for this agency, Kim Dawson. So I always loved being in front of the camera and doing stuff like that. So, you know, that was kind of like a a natural fit for me. Well, when I went to, um, went off to college, I went to Texas state. Um, I was going to do broadcast and then I was like, golly, I don't really want to pigeonhole myself and just, you know just to do like broadcast journalism so i picked right. pr and i'm gonna be honest with you kg like i didn't even know what it was and i really don't exactly know for sure right now <laughs> what it is i did get my degree i just made sure i passed all my tests and all my class that's all i know um so you have a degree in pr yeah yeah i do have a pr degree and um when i was in college my sophomore year i pledged delta uh, delta sigma theta and um we were having a party so uh a guy a guy that I was dating in college at the time had a friend that worked at the radio station he was gonna go visit him and I was like he was like you want to come I was like yeah because you know the Deltas we're about to have a party maybe we can get on the air and and pub our party yeah for sure yeah you know it was a hidden motive (laughs) for me so um I go up to the radio station I remember walking into the studio and they had a night show it was about three or four people on the night show and they were having so much fun and I'm like man, what is this? You know what I'm saying? Like they were having like a party in the room and I'm just like, wow, maybe I can use this because it's still media and get my foot in the door and use this to get into television. So that was, that was my whole goal. Um, Okay. uh, Long story, look, long story longer. uh, (laughs) I, they, they hooked me up with the promotions director at the time, which honestly, when I was calling him, he was not calling me back. And, and, so if anybody's listening, whenever you're trying to break into media, persistence uh, is key, I always say, sure. because it's like one day there's no positions and literally the next day there'll be like 15 positions available. So you just never know. Everything is about timing. And when I say persistence, there's a fine line between being persistent and like being a stalker. So you have to kind of, gotcha. you know, be strategic about it. But I, I, I remember I called them. A couple of times he didn't answer. So the last message I left him, I was like, hey, you know, this is Jade. I was just wondering when you wanted me to start, you know, what my oh, start wow. date was. Yeah. And he ended up calling me back <laughs> off of that message. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyways, um, I think it was the humor and just, you know, personality. Here's the thing about about media. You know, a lot of people want to get into media, but a lot of people don't like people. A lot of people want to get into media and a lot of people don't know how to communicate with different types of personalities. And like, if you can, if you can do that, because that really can't be taught, that just has to be something that you have. 
you know, you surpass somebody that ha- has all the technical skills to me. And that's just my personality. Some, I mean, that's just my personal opinion. Somebody else may disagree, but I just feel like personality carries you so long, especially if it's something like radio or um, media as far as like entertainment media. Obviously, news is a different story. You know, that that's very straightforward and, and technical. And as you know, I, gotcha. I don't think I could ever do news. I don't, I don't. Have- <laughs> <laughs> but um, so I, I actually ended up getting an internship is what it was. So I interned for a couple of months and it was crazy because the guy at the time really didn't want to teach me very much stuff. He just wanted me to sit there, but I was right. soaking in everything. KG, every piece of paper he touched, like my eyes were zooming in on it. I mean, he was, he was literally telling me stuff like alphabetize my CD cabinet. Like he really, it was almost like he was trying to embarrass me and trying to right. like, you know, break me. And I just did everything that he asked me to. He would leave for lunch and come back and be like, I thought I told you to alphabetize my CD cabinet. And I was like, yes, sir. I'm already done. You know, so oh, uh, yeah. Um, I, I just I just did everything that he asked me to do. And I think that that's a lot of people's problem is like they think like I didn't sign up for this. I'm too good for this. Well, yeah, you know, sometimes there is a fine line and somebody kind of abusing their power. But if you can show that you're willing to do the grunt work and you can be trusted with that, then why wouldn't they continue to assign you more things? Well, um, the way God works, he was he got fired. And so oh, wow. <laughs> I'm sitting in there and, you know, who do they come to when they're like, where is this? Where is that? Well, shoot, I don't put everything up. So I'm like, I know where it is. So right. literally I went from being um, like an intern to they gave me more responsibilities to work like on the street team and go out in the streets and stuff like that. And then I was doing a lot of office work, too. So they ended up bringing in a new promotions director and making me the assistant promotions director. Uh, yeah, just, I mean, it was a blessing. I was getting paid nothing. I remember when they first put me on salary, (laughs) they like literally walked me in and and they were like, we want to pay you. I want to say at the time it was somewhere between 13 and $18,000 a year. I mean, like, Damn. nobody can live off that. <laughs> I was still a college student, and I was just like, right. you know, you know, when they tell you the word, you know, you we want you to be full-time, and we want you to be salary, you're, like, super excited. But when they told me the number, I was like, it was still more than I had ever made in my life, <laughs> you know? Right. Well, hold on, this is an add-up, though. Yeah, it, it's not add-up. <laughs> I'm like, man, like, I'm, I'm, I'm still going to be broke. And they can just tell me to work whenever. But you know what? I, I, I saw it as an investment. And one thing that I always say is you may get the raw end of the stick initially, but if you go in there and you bust your butt and you outwork everybody else, even if they don't want to, I just believe that God always comes through on the back end and that he's a rewarder of those who not only diligently seek him, but those that really, really, truly work hard and appreciate the opportunities that have been given them, you know, and from then just doors kept opening up. It was time for me to graduate. I I did that for about a year and a half. Um, We got a. This was at a Texas state, right? uh, Actually, I'm sorry. Okay. So I was at Texas state, but this was at a radio station. I had to drive to San Antonio every day. So I had about a 45 minute commute back and forth every single day. My college was in a town called San Marcos and I had to drive to San Antonio. It was actually like, it wasn't a college radio station. It was like an official radio station. Uh, When when I first started at the radio station too, it was hip hop. Like three months later, they flipped to like rock. And I don't know anything (laughs) about rock music, but here's the thing. It really doesn't matter the format. You know what I mean? Like marketing is going to be the same. Ideas are are typically the same. You know, Um, I was like the only black girl in a station full of it was it was all hispanic and white and so you know when they were trying to get understand how to get more uh, black listeners and young listeners and college listeners because i was in college at the time i was the go-to person they would be like what do people like how do we you know and so like i was very very valuable to them at that time um then i was graduating and i was blessed with the opportunity to uh work at K104. I literally, while I was in San Antonio at KTFM, I, I worked enough shifts to make an air check uh, on the air. Okay. And so I sent my air check in. And let me tell you something what's so crazy is I sent it off before I listened to it. Uh, one of the guys at the station put it together for me. And, and the air check is like a sample of your voice, you coming in and out of breaks so they can kind of see what you sound like on the air or whatever. 
I was about to ask you what that yeah. was. I had no idea. So, so like, <laughs> you know, you record yourself talking on the air and then you send it off. It's almost like a media kit for, you know, for radio. Um, okay, gotcha. Because they, they want to see what do you sound like? Do you have personality? You know, is your voice annoying? Which a lot of people think mine is, but it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, do you, does your, do you have a, a sound for radio or, you know, are you super bland and boring or whatever? Well, so I, I sent that off. And KG, I had I had my own copy, but I had already I had already mailed it, right? I yeah. put it in my CD player. I cried so hard because I was like, <laughs> oh my God, this sucks so bad. Like I am so corny. Like I thought it was the most embarrassing thing ever. But they saw different. Um and I actually knew somebody here in Dallas that worked at the radio station on the street team. And they were like, well, yeah, they have a little bit of interest in you, but nobody was calling me. And it was the same thing as before me jumping on the, on the phone, being persistent and still not getting calls back. So uh, K104 was actually having an event um, at a park over the 4th of July. And so I was like, I'm going to go and I'm going to meet somebody there and say, Hey, you know, is the manager here or whatever. So I ended up talking to the manager. He happened to be out at the event at the time. And I was like, hi, I was just letting you know that I sent in an air check. And that 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 meant a lot to him. You get what I'm saying? Because it's like, yeah. I got up and got dressed and I, I wasn't going to basically take no for an answer. Like, I'm going to come to where you guys are. And again, it's just being that persistent person without being weird and stalkerish. So yeah. ended up getting an interview. Um, and, you know, I always say this, God completely blessed me um, with the ability to be able to work in the city that I was born and raised in. Like, that's freaking unheard of. You know what I mean? Like, I'm around my family. My family is here. I grew up listening to this station. Um, So, yeah, I did overnights, which was 2 a.m. to 5.30 a.m. It's nothing but no, nobody's listening, but like. (laughs) <laughs> but like uh, creepy truck drivers okay and I don't mean all truck drivers are not creepy but I've had a lot of them call me um, yeah. but it was a great practice I did that and I also uh, worked the street team so during the day I would go out hang up banners pass out tickets drive around in the trucks do everything that the promotion staff does and then overnights I would do my air shift and I worked my behind off like it was no such thing as just I hope, I hope I don't get anybody in trouble. This was so long ago, but there was no such thing as just working 40 hours a week, but you were only going to get paid right. for 40 hours, right? That's <laughs> um, yeah, still standard in some, in some industries. Yeah, but you, it's like nowadays doing what I did, I would definitely get in trouble, but I was like pumping in like 60 something hours a week, but I, you know, I wanted to be successful and I didn't want anybody to say that I didn't work for it. And I, for and sure. I think that sometimes right now people are counting their hours, which you should now you should never let anybody abuse their power. Right. But at the same time, um, sometimes it does require you to go to a little bit above and beyond because nobody, uh, a lot of people can say a lot of things about me, but nobody can ever say that I, I didn't grind, that I didn't work, right. work hard. You know what I mean? Um, and I think, now when I watch, you know, sometimes a younger generation, and this is not like a slight to anybody because this is not everybody as a whole, obviously, but it's that entitlement of, well, dang, I've been doing this for like two or three months. Y'all ain't gonna put me on the air yet? Like, what? Exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's like, that's, for, that's everyone. Yeah, it's like, no, it's a grind. Like, whenever you pick your career, you got to think to yourself, and I didn't pick mine, like God kind of placed me here, but I, I chose to walk into it. Like, would it be something that you would be willing to do for free? You know, and obviously all of us need money because we have bills. But that, that's right. what I'm saying. when I say for free, there are going to be some things that require self-sacrifice. And are you willing to do those things to grow? Because, um, again, I go back to my original statement of I just believe that God is a, a rewarder of hard workers, you know. Uh, definitely. I want to touch on that persistence for a mm-hmm. minute. Um, so how often... In both opportunities, do you, were you reaching out at that time? Reaching out as far as? Like to, um, when you say you were calling, doing like cold calling, to let them know that, hey, I sent over my resumes for um, KT, FM, and for K104. How often were you reaching out? Um, just kind of touching base about your resume and just seeing if they had opportunities. Open. Maybe like once a week. Um, you know what I mean? 
it's just staying top of mind. The, the thing about media, like radio stations, especially, like it, they never stop. You know, there's never been right. a time where you turn on a radio station and it's not on. So you have thousands of people applying. You have thousands, like so many things going on behind the scenes. And like maybe somebody saw your resume and said, okay, I'm going to get with them. But then they got distracted and they got busy. And, and next thing you know, this was on a Tuesday and it's already Friday. They don't want to call you over the weekend. So then, you right. know, you just kind of, you just kind of, you just kind of got to balance it out. You definitely don't want to leave too much time in between. I think now too, with technology, you know, sending an email is always really good too, just a follow-up email. Even if you haven't, you know, as soon as you, you know, submit your resume is always to, uh, send that follow-up email and just thanking them in advance for taking the time to read your, you know, read your, go over your application and, and, and read your resume. Uh, because then when they get that, trust me, most people are not doing that. That's that second step. They're going to be like, okay, let me right. look for this person's, you know, air check, email, you know, I mean, a resume or whatever. And it, you know, just shows professionalism. And unfortunately, there's not a lot of professionalism nowadays. So. <laughs> nah, trust me, we get the same over here. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about from, from going from overnights to street team. So what was the next step of, of your career from there? Like, what happened next? Next step, there was a, a position opening for uh, a night shift. Uh, our night guy at the time, uh, let's see. Our guy that was doing six to ten, who was actually Greg Street, the legendary okay. Greg Street. Uh, yes, he's a legend in the game. He was moving back to Atlanta, and so they ended up moving Cat Daddy, who's on K one hundred four. Cat Daddy, and let me shout him out because he. We'll talk about. We can talk about this later. He's the one that gave me the name Lady Jade. and okay. he was there before I was. He literally from day one took me up under his wing, like in the most sincere way and like I but yeah get that get that he was there before I was there and so like man he taught me so much like I, we gotta talk about cat because I gotta hey that that dude right there <laughs> no, is, is, is great but anyways Greg Street was moving back to Atlanta they moved cat daddy to Greg Street's position from six to ten which opened up that 10 to 2 spot 10 p.m to 2 a.m and it was between me and another guy now one thing I can say and this is why I People think I'm being corny or people think that I'm just trying to be overly spiritual when I attribute my career to God. Like, I'm not even joking. I have never gone in and had to apply or or tell anybody I was interested in a position like ever. Like God literally. I remember um, the program director at the time pulled me into the office and he was like, hey, Jay, uh, 10 to 2 is opening up. It's between you and this other DJ who, I, you know, shall remain nameless. And he, <laughs> but he obviously like he had been in the game longer than me and he had like a he was just all around just, I guess kind of a better more polished DJ and that's what my program director said he was like you got more of the street sound the Dallas sound you're a little bit more relatable as far as just hip-hop overall he said but he's a little bit more polished to you and I literally looked my boss in the eye I don't know why I said this because looking back I'm like oh my god but I look at him and I was like, well, there's really not on you. Like, if God wants me to have a position, it's going to be mine. So I'm not really tripping. So just make the you know, decision that you think is best for the station. Well, lo and behold, I ended up getting it. You know what I'm saying? And so I yeah. did that for like a year, year and a half. And then one day, um, I got an email. I checked my email. I was in a station, KG. And they were like, we need you to be here at 10 o'clock in the morning. I'm thinking, I don't get up till 2 a.m. I thought they were about to fire me. I was like, I was trying to figure out what have I done? What is going on? Right. Um, well, I went the next day and um, the morning show host at the time, his name was Skip Murphy. Uh, he's also super legendary. I grew up listening to him. Uh, he had a number one morning show for many, many, many years. They, I mean, they killed in Dallas. They whooped everybody, you know? Yeah, I remember Skip yeah, Murphy. Yeah, Skip, Skip yeah. Murphy and uh, White Gary. White Gary, I, mm -hmm. I didn't know, but they had just hired White Gary um, at the station. And um, they pulled me into this room and White Gary was like, I've been listening to you at night. And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, I've been, I've been listening to you and we, we kind of want to bring a, a younger sound to the morning show. Would you be interested in joining Skip Murphy and company and doing mornings? And I'm like, wow. 
again, they ain't nothing but God, KG. Like, this is crazy. <laughs> I had never met this man before in my life. And I was like, heck yeah. Like, like again, I never thought radio was going to be my thing. Like, I never in a million years like, cause, cause when you get to mornings, like that's, 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 that's a goal. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm like, heck yeah, I will. And I was scared as hell. Like I ain't gonna lie, but I was like, yeah. So literally by that Monday I was on the morning show and KG, I was horrible. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> I was horrible. You know, you have this cast of people that have been working together for, you know, nearly 15 years. So that's an unmatched chemistry. Like you can't even, you can't even pay for that type of chemistry. And here I am, right. I'm barely saying two words. Um, you know, they have me implementing like this little rhyme line, rap line onto that, something I was doing <laughs> at night to bring it on the morning show. And they looking at me crazy. Like, who is this helper in here <laughs> being ghetto on the show? And oh, uh... yeah, but, um, and then that was pretty much, it's just I've been on many many different morning shows since then but God has continued to keep me and sometimes I'm like God why you got me here I don't understand like how come (laughs) but no matter how many times um the lead seat changes no matter how many times management changes God has sustained me um and I, I wish I had a deeper explanation or a more profound explanation than that but you know I guess whenever you're walking in purpose, I remember my pastor telling me one time, there was a time when I had rededicated my life um, to Christ and I wasn't sure if I was supposed to be working at a secular station. This is when I was doing nights. And my pastor at gotcha. the time looked at me and said, okay, well, if, if you leave, who's going to be a light in a dark place? Exactly. And I was like, oh god because i thought my pastor was gonna be like you know what you have finally come to see the light yes you gotta walk away from this you know this (laughs) hip-hop and i'm not gonna lie of course i mean i have the same struggles as everybody else am i always the light absolutely not you know what i'm saying do i you know can i have an attitude can i play into the jokes just like everybody i'm not above anybody at that station nor am i better but i guess i just attribute that station to god has a purpose and a plan for me that is bigger than what i could see that he's kept me there uh, for so many years. So, yeah. That's an awesome story. Um, how how important is, like, having that chemistry in the morning? Like, and how do you get that? Do y'all, like, y'all practice after hours? Wow, like, how boy. do you build that chemistry? <laughs> uh, <laughs> the chemistry is everything. Like, you cannot, you cannot have a morning show without having having that chemistry. And it just develops over time. It's everybody just okay. kind of paying attention to each other. Um, you know what it is? It's like driving on a freeway. Um, when you're driving on a freeway, you don't know how well the other driver that's, you're merging onto the freeway, right? You don't know how well that, 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 that person behind that wheel, you don't know how they drive, but it is watching and being able to merge properly, you know, and it is just getting a, a, a group of personalities in the room that understand, okay, this one needs to shine here. This one is good as, at this and paying attention to everybody's strengths and weaknesses and what makes them tick and what makes them happy and what they, you know what I'm saying? It is, right. it's hard to get. And, and I'm going to say this, when I say it's hard to get, I have literally been through about three or no, maybe four, four, maybe five morning, different morning shows, maybe more. I know that that third and fourth chair has revolved at least 10 people. Um, For the last 11 years, uh, Didi has led or Didi. Yeah. Didi has been there. She wasn't leading at first when she got there, but Didi and I have worked together on the morning show for the last like 11 years. So for probably about hmm, two or three years, we had a revolving third, third chair. And it's because our her, my chemistry with her just developed so well over time uh and it's just constantly paying attention to each other and constantly working with each other and it does seem like you would practice after work but you don't practice with your friends the people that you genuinely right. connect to in life you know what i'm saying y'all don't sit up there and you know practice barbershop talk it just it yeah. <laughs> you know or have you ever like been on a conversation with i mean on a, on the phone with a girl before 
And sometimes you'd be like, dang, that was easy. Like, Not yeah, but sure. there's other girls you talk to where you like, man, that was be yeah, dry. It was dry. <laughs> it was weird. You didn't know how to get off the phone. Like, it's and yeah. so it just some things develop over time. And everything is is just like that. It's like a relationship, you know. Um, and eventually you figure out, okay, yeah, this is working. Um, because you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater when you first, you know, when you first meet somebody. You know, come on, KG, you you go back on this, you go back <laughs> on that second date because you'd be like, man, maybe it just was a bad day. <laughs> and that's the only thing I can kind of. I guess compare it to is like, you know, when we, when we are, when we're off the air, when you guys are hearing music or when you guys are hearing commercials, we're literally talking and we're talking about our lives. And, and this is our running joke is that our significant others, we know more about each other than our own significant others. We are literally locked in a room with each other. Well, now it's six hours, but it used to be five hours a day. People at, at, at regular gotcha. jobs don't even do that. You know, normally you're in your space. This person is at their desk and, the, yeah. and y'all top it up a little bit. Y'all may go to lunch together every once in a while, but we are in a room forced to talk to each other for five hours a day. So just naturally things start coming up or, you, you know, you start sharing personal things. The next thing you know, this turns into a topic and like me and Didi know all of each other's stories. Like there is nothing new under the sun. <laughs> Um, and same thing with Michael Sean because he's been on the air with us for seven years, you know. So he's we, been there long already. We, we, it, it's been that long. <laughs> I know time is flat. Yeah. Mike, you've been here for a long time, bro. Uh, but yeah, so it just kind of it, it's a it's a natural. It naturally forms, but it it does take time, just like every relationship. So got you. So. I'm from the outside I'm looking not, in. I'm told I'm not talk, I hope I'm not talking your head off, KG. No, no, you, no, you, you good. You good. Like, I actually, I don't want to, I'm going to say it anyway. I actually like, you know, interviews and podcasts where, you know, the guest does most of the talking because a lot of times, like, you watch or you listen to that for that person. And I hate when, like, the host gets on and does all the talking. Like, bro, be quiet so I can hear that person. You know what I'm so, <laughs> yeah. Nah, not nah, for sure. Um, okay. But I, what, I, what I did want to say was, though, um, do you, you or your calls ever feel like pressure? I know like radio can be, you know, kind of tough sometimes. Like, do y'all feel pressure when it comes to like ratings or having to keep up with stuff? And like, how do y'all kind of, you know, adapt with like outside noise when, you know, you have to like reach KPIs and, and stuff within the company? Uh, every day. Mm. And that's the, that's the part that the listener doesn't see. Um, every week we get weekly ratings uh we get monthly ratings and then we get our books which is you know for the the three month periods uh quarterly excuse me um and at the end of the day it doesn't matter how much people in the streets love us <laughs> it doesn't matter how much your mama how great your mama think you sound our boss is looking at numbers right um so uh, it's funny. One of the things that you always hear people say is, man, y'all job is fun. All y'all do is talk. And you're thinking there's so much strategy that goes behind quote unquote, just talking. People don't even realize we have to keep our breaks under a certain amount of time. You know, we have to try our best not to be too repetitive. We have to make sure that our brain is conditioned to finding, um, you know, certain angles that are, are different than what we've heard. Look, everybody's talking about the same thing, KG, right? I Not mean, for sure. Like right now, everybody's talking about Corona. You talk about it all day, every day. Well, how yeah. can you put a spin on it <laughs> so it's not boring to people? How can you find new information? You know, everybody has gone through a breakup. Well, how am I going to tell my breakup story where it can relate to somebody else? Or, you know, I mean, it's just, it is, your brain is constantly on when I am at the grocery store like I don't even think like a normal person anymore like I'm thinking of what did the cash register do that I can mention in the morning that can lead into a break where people uh. could you know like okay for instance like I could be at Chick-fil-A McDonald's whatever well Chick-fil-A is not gonna happen I'm gonna say McDonald's <laughs> I, I, I can be at McDonald's and the person in the drive-thru working the drive-thru is rude right yeah. or, or they left something out of my bag now if I tell that story then somebody in the car is gonna be like man 
that just happened to me. And so, you know, now you can go into a topic of have you, when's the last, what's the last, when, you know, when the last time you had bad customer service? What did the person say to you? Or da, 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 you know, and then, gotcha. so you, yeah. you're constantly thinking of this happened to me, or I saw this at the store, or how can we turn this into a topic? Um, so there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of pressure for ratings, a lot of pressure to take a topic and reinvent it. Um, to always stay fresh, to always stay topical, to always know everything that's going on. Now, imagine wanting to turn your brain off and relax, KG. <laughs> and yeah, but you can't. It's impossible. And we get so much information. Think about it. If you hear about, you know, coronavirus four times a day, we're hearing about it 40. Because, <clears throat> you know, we're constantly having to saturate ourselves with information to make sure that we have the latest information to give you. And that can be really, that can really wear on your psyche, especially when it's bad news all the time. When you're talking about people getting killed in your city, deaths, kids getting, right. abused. I mean, it, it just, it becomes a lot. So um, of course we're always trying to reach those numbers. We're worried about those numbers, but most importantly, just always trying to be topical. And that is, it's a lot. It's a lot of, it's a lot of pressure. Um, Especially me. you're consuming content all day to to figure out how to get it back to the audience. Bruh, I can't even watch Tiger <laughs> King regular. I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> I gotta be able to tell these folks what happened. Yeah. On Tiger King. Look, you like I don't even want to watch Tiger King. I'm sleepy, but everybody talking about it, so let me watch Tiger King. So right. yeah, just yeah, because that is staying topical is what gets you your numbers. People listen when they feel like they know you and when they know you keeping it real. You get what I'm saying? And when you sure. and when you make them laugh and when you make them feel good or you make them be able to relate to you. And that takes constant movement of your brain. So, yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, but yeah, but to get back to like your career, so who do you think was like that, that person that kind of gave you like that first shot? Like who was like your first cosign? that kind of helped you it doesn't have to be like at the beginning but maybe kind of help catapult you to where you know you're at now well i can say who, who hired me was skip cheatham skip cheatham hired me and okay. he gave me a shot it was him and steve nice collectively that sat down and was like all right she may have something you know what i mean she may she may have a good little you know a good little personality flavor um right. the person who has like i guess who i can attribute most of my career to which people would be like really Honestly, uh, our night DJ, Cat Daddy. Um, oh, wow. I did, I've, I've never had, like, a radio mentor, like, ever. Like, I just kind of learned by, I, I've made tons of mistakes, you know, and just, I mean, you just learn by, by failing, really. Um, right. But when I say what I attribute Cat Daddy for is, Cat Daddy literally from day one has been my biggest cheerleader. Um, when you get into this game, you know, it's a lot of self-doubt. You know, you're confused. Nobody is really, like, sitting you aside and training you. Like, when you when you go to a market like Dallas, which is a top five market, nobody's going to sit there and train you and, and hold your hand and walk you through anything. So you kind of just are thrown to the wolves. All right, um, they kind of expect you to be ready to go. Yeah, and I wasn't. <laughs> I just, <laughs> but um, Kat has always been one of those people that, you know, like, was like, you got this, cheered me on. Uh, I remember when we first started, Cat Daddy used to be the one that used to go to all the schools and I would go with him. And Cat Daddy would introduce me like I was freaking Halle Berry. You know, it wasn't like, <laughs> and I was like, nobody knew who I was. I was still on the street team at the time. And Cat Daddy would be like, y'all hearing sometimes overnight. Y'all did I mean, he would hype me up. And then he'd be like, Lady J. And it'd be like one clap. It'd be like, okay. <laughs> and then everybody would always be like, are you his girlfriend? Are you his wife? I'm like, no, I have on a station shirt. I work for the station. Like, for this is my J. He's my coworker. But, um, but he just, he, he kept telling me, come on, Jay, go to this school with me. Come on, Jay, come on. You know what I'm saying? And even now when I have my down moments, he and I will have conversations and he'll be like, bruh, do, do, you, do you know? Do you know how good you're like? He'll encourage me. And you always need that one person that even if it's just once a year, that kind of was like, bruh, look in the mirror. Come on now, you, you killing it. Even if you're not killing it, they still gonna tell you you're killing it. You know what I'm saying? And our, our, what he taught me, 
And I hold on to it all the time. I said, I'm going to get the tattoo. He always used to say, all faith, no fear, Jay. Stop being scared. All faith, no fear. And he would tell me that constantly. And that's a, that's a quotable. That is a quotable. <laughs> See, I'm telling you, I'm really going to get that tattoo. Real talk. Um, all faith, no fear. And he is such a prime example. I've never seen Cat Daddy mad. And I've known him half my life. Um, I've never seen him appear to be worried. And he has the same stresses that I do. You know what I mean? He's like, we always joke and say he's like the coolest person on the face of the earth. Um, he's just always just cool, calm, and collective. And I, it's because of that model he sticks to is all faith and no fear. So um, he, he's always kind of been like my go-to person when I need radio advice. Um, but I mean, I've had a lot, of, I've learned a lot from a lot of people. I mean, I've learned tons of stuff from White Gary, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. White Gary is, is a good, he's a the morning show producer and he's also our assistant uh, program director. He's a great you know, coach, he'll be like, no, nah, try it like this, do it like, you know what I mean? So, I mean, but it's, uh, I say Cat Daddy for the most part has been my my go-to over the years, but coaching-wise, I would probably say uh, White Gary. Okay, and you said Cat Daddy actually gave you the name, Lady J, right? Like, how that come Yeah, uh, when they first moved me from 10 to 2, Greg Street wasn't gone yet, so I did nights with Cat. It was me, Cat, and this guy named uh, G Spook. It was three of us. Yeah, and and three of us <laughs> used to sit there, and at, at the time I was just Jade, and then um, which is my name, my government name, <laughs> <laughs> and Cat. Uh, all of a sudden, they used to do this thing like when they would see like a girl that they thought was cute, they would say, "Oh, she could get it." That's what the guys would say at the station. Uh oh, look at her, she can yeah. get it, she can get it. So then I don't know what happened, but one night Cat Daddy just started saying, "Lady Jade, the get it girl." Right, <laughs> like Cat Daddy is like he's a poet with his words. I'm telling you, he is. If anybody knows who the old school pimp Magic Don Juan, like that that was his like that was his idol back in the day. No, no, no cap, real talk. So he always kind of had that you know gift the gab. So he would say, "Lady Jade, the get it girl." Well, people started calling up to the station and being like, "Oh yeah, Lady Jade, Lady Jade," and it stuck. Like it never went it like I literally got posters that said Lady Jade, the get it girl. It was crazy. And ever since then, it just it, it doesn't it, it's never gone away. So it's like, okay, I guess I'm Lady Jade now. So yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <clears throat> I recently saw that what you did you trademark it or, or copy yeah, it? Yeah, I trademarked it. Which one yeah. did you do? Yeah, I trademarked it. And I don't we uh, me and Didi were having a conversation one day and it kind of came up and somebody else had recommended too that I do it. And I was like, I don't really know. It just seems like I should. And luckily, nobody had Not done it. Sure. I mean, it's a good business move. Anybody that has a business or like a, a name that, you know, identifies them, they should always think about right. getting it um, trademarked. It's just it's just for safety purposes. You know what I mean? And if you ever want to try to build a brand around it. It's just a smart thing to do. It literally doesn't, it costs a few hundred dollars and right. it's, it, it is a long process. I actually hired an attorney to do mine and her fee was only like, her fee was like super cheap. It was like, I say super cheap, but cheaper than what I thought it was going to be. It was like, maybe <laughs> it was less than a couple hundred bucks for her fee. And then you also have to pay obviously the government fee, but I'd rather pay that couple right. hundred bucks knowing that I got it done correctly. And gotcha. uh, yeah, so I did that. And it takes about three or four months for it to come back for you to even know that you're approved for it. So it, it is definitely a slow process, but I'm, I'm glad I did that. Nah, and I think one thing a lot of people respect about you too, is like you're, you're very business oriented um, and you, you stay booked and busy. Like when did you know in your career that it was important to, you know, to have more than one hustle and more than one stream of income? Cause you're always hosting and do something else. Like, like, was that mind frame always within you or somebody was like, hey, like, you can't depend on, you know, just this. Like, how'd you get into doing everything else? Yeah, I'm half Jamaican. So, uh, <laughs> does that explain it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah, when you're being raised by a West Indian father, you got to have, you know, 10 jobs. And, uh, you, and you're never comfortable, no matter how, you know, because you always know at any moment they can tap you on the shoulder and be like, hey, uh. It's been real. So, yeah, but, but honestly, just, just to be transparent with you, I wish that 
I would have done a better job at building my personal brand sooner. Um, I kind of feel like I'm a behind the ball a little bit. So even currently I'm kind of working on that, you know, before um, it was very important to me to build the brand of the radio station. Um, but right. I didn't do a great job at doing both at the same time. And so kind of, I'm, I'm kind of playing catch up with that. And I think that's what, that's what we do a lot of times is like, or it's vice versa. Sometimes I've seen people come into the radio station and all they're doing is building their personal brand, not worrying about the main brand that gave you your name. And then, you know, and then they end up blowing the big brand, which is the radio station job. So it's a balancing act, um, making sure that you're not, um, how do you put it? Um, pissing on the big brand to build your own brand. You got, you got to learn how to balance and it it takes double work, honestly. I mean, so, uh, yeah, I should have done it sooner. Um, but I just, I don't know, you know, you don't even think about it. You get, you get comfortable in a sense. Unfortunately. Gotcha. So so what is that? So what is the Lady J personal brand look for you outside of radio? Mm-hmm. Like what else are you looking to get into? You know, I'm trying to figure that out. Just to be honest. I mean, I, I wish I had all the answers. Uh. Um I have a lot of ideas in my head. And just to be really honest with you, I'm kind of at a a fresh a personal frustrating point in my life because Oh yeah. You as successful as everybody thinks I am, which, which I am, right? Like I, I never take it for granted. I'm super grateful, but you try to figure out what is that next thing or what is that main side hustle, that one thing that could carry you. And it seems like every time right. I seem to be working towards something, like God closes that door. And so I'm super frustrated right now. Cause I'm like, why are you not making it clear to me? You know, I work really hard outside. Like sometimes you're waiting for that one opportunity to to walk in the door, right? And be like, oh, snap, this is it. Um, right. It just hasn't happened like that. And I get frustrated because I'm like, I know so many people. I've done so many things. I've There's probably nothing else that I could host that would be new under the sun. There's probably no nothing else I could, you know. And so it's like, well, when right. is one of these relationships or opportunities going to pan out where you say, oh, okay, well, Jade's doing TV now, or oh, Jade's doing marketing now, or Jade's doing more of this. It just hasn't, it hasn't shown itself yet. And so I'm just like everybody else, KG. Like I'm super, I I am, I'm in just a limbo. I'm in a, I'm in a personal limbo right now. And so, I mean, I guess if anybody's listening, I want them to know that they're not by themselves. Sometimes it's, it seems to be very clear. And then it's like, okay that like didn't work out yeah. right so uh, tr- trust me i've definitely been there <laughs> and c- counting feeling it to myself right now you know with everything going on right now it's like it's not as clear as it once was and you start to rethink like man what what am i supposed to be doing or what am i doing yeah trying so, to strategize and, and, and re-strategize is definitely um it's it's difficult it's a difficult process um i wish i had the answers Shoot, we all trying to figure. If anybody but, get them, uh, let me know. <laughs> I know, send them okay. this way. But um, I I know you you have the nonprofit project sixteen, yeah. um, and you do the annual local love awards. Um, tell us how those came about and what's you know the the status of those. Currently. Well, I know everybody thinks that I didn't do the local love awards this year because of uh, the coronavirus thing, but I'm actually. Yeah, I was gonna ask you, like it's already. Yeah, April. no, I decided I wasn't gonna do it this year. Um, uh-huh. and I am actually in a process of restructuring Project 16. So for those that don't know, my nonprofit Project 16 basically is for us to go, you know, into those underserved areas and um, teach our kids life skills. Like I literally spoken at thousands of high schools and elementary schools in the Dallas Fort Worth area. Um, and one thing that I noticed, especially for our high school students, when they're graduating from high school, they're literally not ready for the, for the real world, at least in the communities that I grew up in or that we serve mostly. Right. Um, they have passed the star test, but they're not being taught how to interview, how to even have a conversation with an adult, look them in their eyes. 
They're not being taught how to write resumes, how to dress when you go on an interview. They're not being taught, you know, what do I do if I get invited to this fancy dinner? How do I even know what fork to use? They're not being taught how to balance a budget, you know, the importance of credit. I have friends that are in their 30s that have like a zero credit score and always have to find somebody to rent an apartment for them. And I'm like, it's because we're not taught, you know, this is a, this generational curse that I'm trying to help break through project 16. And so what I'm doing right now is, and this is a hard, this is a hard thing for me to do. Uh, KG, you know me, I'm always working and grinding and I literally, I had to take, I had to take mentally a step back from everything. And I, I would love to say that I was okay with it. I wasn't. I felt guilty for taking a step back from some of the things of Project 16 because I know these kids need me. But I had to, number one, restructure. Things started... Right. This is what happens in life. I, I used to do this really dope promotion, this extreme prom makeover where we would take the kids shopping, you know, that, that needed it. And they would have complete makeovers for their prom, which is an important day. And, and this is just one example. Um, and like the community was like so really feeling it and loving it and getting behind it and donating money to it and just like man Jay this is awesome that that became one of my big events every year but but it right. made me um, lose focus on what Project Sixteen was really about and so I literally had mm-hmm. to take a step back and say. Now, I have allowed the community to shape what my vision was. Not saying that we're not going to do prom things, but that wasn't supposed to be priority. That was supposed to be a bonus, and that became priority. So um, same thing with local love awards. You know, it was really big for this city. It was just an idea that I had just wanted to give back to the city I grew up in. Look, I have the ability on the radio where we can pretty much talk about whoever we want all the time. And there's so many small businesses that don't get love. So I was like, well, let me use my platform to show them love and also as a fundraiser for the nonprofit. Well, I decided to take a step back from that, too, because it started to become something that I didn't want it to be. I wanted it to be something where um, minority businesses and minority business owners came together and started forming right. relationships and utilizing one another and building, you know, we're stronger together. Well, it started to become like a big competition where it was it was creating division. People were bickering, such and such up. And Uh, I I mean, and and the thing is, is like that's once again, that's not the vision. And I'm not saying that I would never bring it back. But right now, I'm not really tripping on that. You get what I'm saying? Like, uh, I'm cool with with stepping back if it's going to mean that I'm not. You know, I don't want these, you know, these two people that are do the same type of business. I don't want them beefing because of the local love awards. It was, you know what I'm saying? That wasn't what it was never my intention. And so, um, you know, there'll, there'll be other opportunities to do other fundraisers for Project 16. But that's kind of the space that I'm in right now is just trying to get back focused. I think sometimes we can do a million things, but you can't do a million things great. Right. And that's what I was doing. I was nah, doing a million I, things and I was making it look like it was great, but deep down in my heart, like I'm, right. I am, a, you know, I'm, I guess really, this is going to sound, uh, <laughs> this, oh God, I think I'm getting a little bit too transparent, but you're kind of like silently <laughs> suffering. Like you're, 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 everything is kind of becoming too overwhelming for you as one person. And, um, not for sure. Like for my mental health, had to take a step back. You know, I literally had to start going back to like therapy sessions. Um, Look, people talk to me every day just so I could have somebody to talk to, just so I could have somebody to kind of help me understand why life was beginning to overwhelm me. You know, so that's kind of where I am. And I thank you for sharing that because, I mean, we live in a time right now to where everybody's moving so fast. Like, everybody's on social media. Everybody feels like they have to keep up with the Jones. Like, you got to post mm. this. You got to post this status. Or you, or you have to look like you're always busy. But, like, it's commendable to actually take a step back and not really have to worry about that. But you know that. what, you know, like, the thing is, is that it wasn't an easy thing to do because 
people people around you do be like where you been now you feel like what exactly. like now you feel like yeah. okay well dang maybe people think i'm falling off even somebody as successful as yeah. you or as successful as i we can get wrapped up in the you're constantly scrolling being like oh dang oh dang i should be doing more i should be doing more and we making it look right. all great on instagram but the reality is everybody got that struggle and i want to be the first to step up and say yes i have that struggle i can be forced and maneuvered and become sheeple for a second but then i gotta stop and say i i can't do this anymore and that's why it's definitely commendable because if not people will just keep going on till they can't go no more and then it becomes worse you know like that's how you have breakdowns or you know and people end up you know doing something that's out of their Mm -hmm. character because they've been going so far you know they have nothing left in their tank but they're still pushing so those taking those breaks and restructuring that's 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 but this is the first time i've taken one since i've started my career um because i i I did i wasn't taking care of me and i'm still in the i'm still in the process of taking the break so um it's funny i just had a therapy session today before jumping on this call and i hate the word therapy it makes you sound like you're crazy but I want people to know therapy and counseling is super normal. And, and, and I'm going to explain it like this. Um, I always reference Kirk Franklin's wife, Tammy Franklin, told me this one time. Uh, we were talking about counseling. This is back when I was married or whatever. And she was saying, you don't wait till all four tires on your car are flat before you go get maintenance, do you? And I was like, no, ma'am. And she was like, so why would you wait until mm-hmm. you're absolutely broken down before you go seek help? And she was like, Smart people go seek help before they even think they need help. She said, you have to mean you have to do self maintenance. And that's exactly what it is. Going to a counselor or going to a therapist. It doesn't mean you have um, diagnosed mental issues. Maybe you do, which is fine, too. It doesn't mean that you're completely in some abusive relationship. It doesn't mean that, you know, you're breaking down crying and you're in a depressed state and don't know what to do. Sometimes it does. But what it means is that you're smart enough to realize that I am also like a machine. And if I'm going to go get my oil change on my car, I'm way more important than my vehicle is. And I have to go get maintenance on myself. And unfortunately, that's not for our friends all the time or for our family members. It's really for a neutral source to help you understand why you think the way you think, why these things are triggers to you, why you're, you're getting stressed out. Um, you know, I, I noticed I've always been a, like, I can't even sleep at night until a, a, a task is complete. Like I have to do everything in that day. But then I started to become right. a procrastinator and starting to realize that sometimes procrastinating is not because you're lazy. It's because you're avoiding the stress that comes with these certain assignments. Mm. So again, it's just, I am, I'm trying to learn me and learn and relearn me, KG. Like, I'm like everybody else. At some point we can be so busy with work and family and making sure everybody else is good that we lose ourselves in that. And we have to take a step back and say, okay, now who am I again? Not who society, society and Instagram has defined me as, because you know, People will push you into a corner and say, oh, KG, this is, you know, this is your lane and that's the lane you're getting attention out of and it's working for you for a little bit. But then you start to be like, I don't know, I don't really, this ain't really, this ain't what I was going to do at first, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And so now you're tending a corner. Exactly. And now I think that every once in a while we literally have to do that self-maintenance and and get back to to figure out who we are or who we going to be right now. You know what I'm saying? Man, that's that's crazy you said that, man. I recently went through a, a breakup situation and I was like, yeah, I lost who I was. Like, I've been somebody oh, else for so goodness. long. Like, I need to learn what I like and what I want to do, you know? And it's, it's crazy that you have to sometimes go all the way back to the basics just to it's kind of figure so yourself true. out. And it's but it's so important to do. So I hope that, you know, people that listen to your podcast understand that you go through it I go through it we all go through it you know because I think people feel so alone sometimes and it's shameful to say because you're like I'm strong like I can't lose me what you mean I know who I am you don't dare tell people that you don't know who you are you know what I'm saying like you sound sound weak (laughs) no I I mean I do really do appreciate you sharing that um I know it's about an hour but uh, last thing I kind of want to ask you you know with you being 
like I said, royalty of Dallas is. A lot of people want to know. And I know it's a, probably a long list of people, but just think of somebody that, you know, maybe doesn't get the attention or shine uh, that they deserve or a business brand. It could be a media personality or somebody you really co-sign and want to see win. Um, and you think there may be just, you know, one or you know, two relationships away from, you know, having Ooh, their breakthrough. That is a really tough question. Oh, yeah, no, you got the whole, you got the whole city probably tuned in. They want to know. Oh, I have to single out. Oh my gosh. That is, when I tell you that is so hard because there are so many talented people here in Dallas. And I think that everybody's talented in their own right. So it's like, like I rock with, I have relationships and I think that we have some like the best makeup artists, for instance, but they're all really great at their own thing. Um, ooh, right. KG, you can't do me like this. <laughs> well, look, <laughs> well, look I'll, I'll, I'll say this in your defense like, you you co sign people all the time, you co sign them daily through your platforms, uh, through the music you listen to. But let's say this one is, you know, maybe somebody that, that doesn't have like the push as some of those, you know, like some of the makeup artists already have huge followings. So maybe it's somebody that you just, you know, want to shine a light on that people mm-hmm. may not look at mm-hmm. every day. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that is so. I, I, I'm gonna tell you. I'm serious. Like I'm trying. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. Look, I told you I just got out of a therapy session. My brain can't take this. Okay, break down. I'm just joking. Um, I, I'm gonna tell you why it's hard because you know I love. I always work with new artists, and when I'm not just makeup artists, like I work with yeah. new photographers that have you know 800 followers. I work mm. with. Um, I, there are two stylists right now that I'm working with that nobody even knows their name hardly. Um, as a matter of fact, um, one's name is Haley and one's name is Kristen. They probably have less than both of them. Like, you know, they may have a little bit over a thousand followers, but I love working with new people because to me, new people are hungry and I feel great. And and it's not even like, I'm not looking for necessarily free because, you know, I'll, I'll pay them, you know what I'm saying? But they're not necessarily caught up in what they've always done. You know, they're, they're willing to try new things. They're super hungry. They're super, um, when I post them and they get, they get work and clients from it. They're so happy. You know what I'm saying? Um, even when I did my wedding at the time, I worked with an, uh, uh, all black company that did like the videography and the photography and the DJ and the lighting. It was a one-stop shop. It was, uh, Harmland Visions. At the time, they were they were they were brand okay. new when I had gotten married, and I I wanted to get that's my wedding now. You know, I ain't gonna play when it comes to my wedding. I mean, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, for yeah. some reason, I'm like, dang, I really feel like I'm supposed to give them this shot, and they did an amazing job. And I'm not gonna say that that catapulted their career by any means, but I think that it definitely helped because that was kind of like a cosign. So it's really hard for me to put my finger on one thing, but I will say this. If there are new people listening to your podcast, whether it's makeup artists, stylists, photographers, um, even restaurant owners, um, uh, I'm trying to think, just entrepreneurs, period. You know what I'm saying? People with fresh ideas. I'm not talking about somebody trying to make like a a quick book and throwing their name on a T-shirt because unfortunately we get a lot of that. Uh, But people that are really taking the time (laughs) to build their brand and are sincere about it. I would like for them to hit me up. You know what I'm saying? And see if there is anything that I can okay. do to kind of to help them. Look, I, and it, you're right. I do have a, a, a pretty nice size following where all I have to do sometimes is post things and people are like, oh, okay. Um, oh, I could tell you one that I really think is dope. Um, the amazing paint party. This is just so random. Um, a guy and his fiance, this guy named Ray Tennyson, and I've never met him personally. Uh, I, I've seen him and his fiance on Instagram and I followed this company. It's called Amazing Paint Party. It's like the sipping paint party, but it's it's with the Beyonce. You okay. get to do Beyonce's and the Bob Marley's and the uh, Drake's, Kobe's, um, Barack and Michelle Obama. Like, it's us. Selena. You get what I'm saying? Like, and they oh, have no. the black and white versions and they have the color versions and they literally will send them to your house and they're so fun and easy to do and I just think we talk about a black owned business that's out of the box right um right and just that artsy side and 
I remember I've been watching his story on uh, Instagram and he was diagnosed with cancer. And I just recently today saw that, um, you know, he'd been going to his treatment so far. The doctors haven't found anything, you know, any more leukemia in his blood. So just definitely, again, this is, I've never met him and his fiance in my life, but I think what they're doing, they've created that something, created something that's so easy to follow along, exposing our kids and ourselves to art and it's just, it's just creative. It was just different. And I, I and, and again, he did it and it's surrounded around our culture. You know what I'm saying? Um, the Hispanic right. and black community, people that we look up to and that we want to paint. No, no offense against paint flowers and boats and all that kind of stuff. Cause that's fun too. Right. But <laughs> this was just so dope. So I would say I'm a co-sign the amazing paint party, Ray Tennyson and his fiance. And there you have it, episode one of the Cosign Conversations podcast featuring Lady Jade, speaker and co-host of the syndicated morning radio show, Didi in the Morning. Please make sure that you visit Dallas Counts 2020 on Instagram. This episode was brought to you by the Dallas Census 2020. And if you haven't already, please fill out the census at my2020census.gov. And always, thank you guys for living the Cosign life. Stay tuned.